unlock local if indian food is something that gets you on the edge of your seat then you are at the right place from the time when it was called shah jahanabad to you know we've got people coming in from different parts of the country trying to sell their goods and um, the birth of street food there are, there is so much variety that you can get in delhi so you can't really tag anything as delhi food that's nakul rao one of the first food enthusiasts whom i came across apart from the usual that he'll mention anyway he's a great cook a nerd and a cleanliness freak yep he says he gets instant high on cleaning utensils i am kickstarting this podcast series with the capital of india delhi which apparently is the city with richest food culture and i thought of visiting delhi from nakul's home who has half his roots in punjab and half in orissa but has lived in delhi for most of his childhood pushpesh pant has rightly quoted that we need to debunk the myths of mogalia tyranny of tandoor and curse of curries and this is exactly what we are going to dedicate this episode to so let's get the engine roaring wait my bad guys that would be too weird for a food podcast hey nakul hey. welcome to unlock local hey thank you so much for having me so i was thinking like why don't you start off with introducing yourself great so um i'm a user experience researcher by day um and uh, once uh, i'm home i'm a passionate cook um i love to travel like everybody does these days <laughs> and uh, maybe someday make myself uh, you know make a mark in profession in a professional kitchen yeah so that's me so an aspiring chef aspiring chef yes you can say that but tell me like what exactly got you into cooking mm, so i think it would be um, you know i always grew up with uh, you know uh, strong uh, uh people with really strong uh, kitchen uh, skills you know cooking skills around me uh, especially uh, i mean my father who cooks almost on a daily basis um and but i think that one particular moment which kind of made me feel that yeah this is what i want to do would be uh, you know this one particular episode in my college days during my engineering when i um, you know when i was cooking for some of my friends in a dhaba outside and you know i just felt uh you know uh air quotes liberated i kind of felt that you know uh, maybe this is what i really want to do and you know that compliment at the end of the at the end of the meal when uh, you know my f- friends were like uh, you know they polished the plates off i think that was uh, the moment which I, which kind of made me feel that you know this is it and it's uh, been that struggle ever since to you know maybe find that right opportunity to uh, you know get out of my day job and do this full time and you were doing engineering back then right engineering of course everybody has to do engineering <laughs> right i mean yeah. engineering makes you realize that where the hell am i exactly the point everybody <laughs> has that moment during engineering yeah but coming to our main topic of discussion here we are here to discuss delhi cuisine drum roll yes yeah delhi. i maybe i should actually put it in the background not a bad idea yeah but to say like the ethos of uh, delhi food and delhi food culture is quite layered and tiered 
and it has got here through the mughal era the marathas and a lot of immigration that actually happened post and pre independence true so yep. for me who is an outsider delhi cuisine is or delhi food is actually quite limited to just things like momos chole bhature don't chaats. say that oh <laughs> yeah this is actually the reality but yeah i'm not a local and just want to know from you that what exactly food in delhi means mm. to you so um so i i won't uh, you know i won't say that this uh, what what all you just said is in delhi food i mean of course old delhi uh is definitely uh, you know represent <laughs> you know but uh, old delhi is quintessentially what everybody thinks of when they think about delhi food or delhi street food or uh, you know nobody thinks of chole bhature as the first thing i think everybody uh, you know even the television you know if you just hook on to any any channel which is talking about delhi they'll take you back to old delhi Uh, yeah. Yes, of course, momos. I mean, I miss my momos, man. Delhi momos are the best, especially <laughs> Yash- Yashwant Place has one of the best momos. Um, but but I think for me, Delhi is more about uh, you know the fresh produce. What I used to eat at home, we seldom went out. You know, uh, as as you know, while I'm, I was growing up, it was all about fresh produce. I mean. Uh, having um you know cholai which is amaranth uh you know having bathua having the uh, freshest of g- uh, green leafy vegetables um and but you know categ- categorizing anything as delhi f- uh, food would be very difficult because we have immigrants everywhere my neighbor who's a kashmiri pandit uh, has mm-hmm. been in delhi for like decades and the food that i uh, you know uh get from them at times you know when they send these little bowls with their uh you know uh nool kol or uh, you know their hak is that not delhi food i mean because we are getting all that we are getting all that amazing produce of the kaist uh who are living in delhi and i myself being half a kaist i mean uh, what is delhi food so that's the question i keep asking myself as well okay so i think um from my question and from your insights i think you should say maybe it's a mixture or amalgamation of a lot of cultures yeah cultures um, and communities so many communities so many uh, invaders you know uh, from the time when it was called shah jahanabad to you know everything you know uh, we've got people coming in from different parts of the country trying to sell their goods and um, the birth of street food everything you know there are there is so much variety that you can get in delhi so you can't really tag anything as delhi food correct correct but i've also seen that uh, you know people often stereotype delhi food to um, very much close to something very much close to punjabi food and obviously there is a fair enough reason because punjabis are one of the major populace who has shaped delhi food and that's exactly where i want you also to pitch in and tell us how exactly is real and authentic punjabi food different from the punjabi food that's being served in delhi so i think uh, i'll just take a step back try to understand uh, and try to answer that question in a slightly holistic way first of yeah. all you know uh, delhi has a strong influence of the uh, you know cuisine coming in from the neighboring states 
यूपी पंजाब राजस्थान यू नेम इट हरियाणा एंड वी दैट दैट इज रिफ्लेक्टेड इन आर कुजीन सो इट इज नॉट जस्ट पंजाबी इट इज जस्ट दैट अ लॉट ऑफ आर रेस्टोरेंट सेल पंजाबी फूड देल बी पनीर विच विल हैव यू नो सिक्स प्रेपरेशन द सेम सिक्स प्रेपरेशन वुड गो टू मशरूम तो सेम प्रेपरेशन वुड गो टू चिकन एंड येस आलू सो दैट्स बिकॉज इट वॉज समथिंग विच uh which i feel that a lot of uh, you know punjabis do venture out and they eat out a lot and hence punjabi food uh, got a lot of attention and punjabis being a you know a community which is um, you know very hard working and they started restaurants uh, uh delhi was lucky to have you know people uh, some people coming in as you know after the partition as well to set up uh shop and sell their uh, you know uh, uh sell their curries uh, sell their different preparations so punjabis were primarily active in doing that but mm-hmm. i think there's a, a lot more uh happening uh in in delhi you know and there's a there's a there's a strong presence of a lot of other communities you know uh, that's true well. but uh, like the reason behind i asked this question was that the actual face of what we say as not in in food which is really being served right. everywhere that's the that's the punjabi food that people know of absolutely yeah and uh, when it comes to punjabi food uh, people would talk about rich gravies people would talk about uh, gravies laden with cream um, you know uh, cashew paste going in your butter chickens your paneer Correct. butter masala but uh, me being again as i i did mention half kais but yes i am also half punjabi my from my mom side and but that is not the gravies you know that are prepared at home i have lived in amritsar i did my engineering from amritsar uh, and that is not the kind of food that i used to eat at you know my friend's place or you know at my masi's place who is an amritsar uh, who is from amritsar so uh, you know we we used to rely on two or three ingredients there was no use of uh, you know there was rarely would anybody use cream you know there was definitely use of uh, you know curd in non vegetarian cooking okay. uh, definitely use of ghee as the medium of cooking but uh, there wasn't any you know cashew paste being used there wasn't any cream being used uh so i think this is more what the restaurant culture kind of introduced us mm-hmm. to but that's uh, you know we uh, there were two or three major ingredients that you relied on the aromats that you relied on and just fresh produce you know if you're making sarson ka saag is mm-hmm. uh, your fresh sarso it is your besan it is your ginger your garlic and your green chilies and just cooking them for, on a low flame for a very long time that is what true hearty punjabi cuisine was all about not what you see in restaurants these days but then what about uh, dishes like dal makhani or uh, butter chicken because these dishes have uh, makhani in its name so you got to use some good <laughs> fat in it so of course the fat would be the medium uh, yeah. but uh, i think uh, i would call it uh, maki dal or urad dal but I, I, we at home never make uh, dal makhani we make urad dal which has ghee in it um, now i mean uh, the, for the past couple of years even we you know stopped using ghee many punjabi 
uh, households do not use any uh, fat in their urad dal in fact it is just cooked on a very low flame for a very long time um, but yes um, the whole idea of you know making something taste rich uh, you know when you're uh, eating at home every day you're having you know simple food uh, wholesome food but simple food and you want that break from that monotony maybe and at that time you want that richness you want that you know color in your uh, gravy that orange rich color of a butter chicken and then you would venture out and go to a moti mahal and grab yourself <laughs> uh, you know a table and get that legendary butter chicken but i think that stuff that is primarily served in restaurants what you get at home is not that kind of gravy if you want to have uh, you know uh, chicken at home it's going to be that humble chicken curry which is you know um, which has uh, a which starts with the mustard oil with some jeera and you know uh, you slowly cook it down so that's uh, that's home cooking but restaurants introduced us to these rich gravies which are tomatoes um, you know which is essentially uh, you know uh, cook uh, you know uh, cashew paste based gravies which are very rich but not but- inherently uh, you know punjabi by nature okay and uh, would you say that this is how the restaurants in amritsar or punjab so to say are are also serving some restaurants yes because you know uh, people do crave for that traditional butter chicken gravy and you know what i'm a big fan uh, um, you know if i might have come across as somebody who does not <laughs> like it that's not the case butter chicken runs through my veins i am half punjabi i love my butter chicken and my garlic cheese naan i need my fix every time i go to delhi every time i go to delhi i go to darya ganj but essentially a lot of places in uh, punjab amritsar especially uh, are you know uh, they are kind of adapting to this uh, taste in order to satiate uh, the taste buds of the people flocking in because they want to have that butter chicken now they are in punjab they would want to try uh, cream laden uh, uh, tikkas and gravies and i think it's about adapting to you know the demand correct uh, correct but there are still places in amritsar uh, and uh, amritsar being you know a place where i have lived in for quite some time so i i can primarily speak about amritsar not the whole of punjab which mm-hmm. you know uh, again being uh, a region it's in itself you know um, so amritsar there are a few places which are still uh, you know doing their recipes the old way and which is uh, you know um, relying on mustard oil as their medium no cream um, relying on strong aromats and masalas which you can taste even when you're you know you have a little bit of alcohol in your system so it's just strong <laughs> pungent spices which are broken down but essentially not a lot of cream not a lot of cream okay, or okay. Uh, you know other dairy products yeah because that's an interesting fact addition because the first official recipe i mean of dal makhani that i came to know had like three different fats added to it at three different times in and culinary school yes yes in culinary school and uh, <laughs> like that's what my take was that it is uh, all these preparations are supposed to have a lot of fat and i i did think that this is how the home preparations would also be 
so uh, no offense to that recipe that tastes amazing definitely very, yeah you know for the longest time i was making my dal makhani the same way i was making dal udad dal the same way not dal makhani the same way but uh, slowly i realized i mean going back to the kind of uh, preparation that my mom or my i see my mother making uh, she has a ghada in which she would put her dal and she would let it cook on low flame for good 8 to 9 hours Uh, you know in between she would come in you know uh, throw in some green chilies some bashed garlic some ginger and that is it there is it just slow cooking and, that's and it, your maaki dal that's my maaki bani hui maaki dal yeah <laughs> interesting so, so actually that recipe what you you were saying isn't isn't i mean it just works i mean it's one of the best definitely yeah that's dal bukhara dal bukhara you, yes you you can't go wrong with that but is that um, you know how your mom makes at home uh, perhaps not not a lot of moms would make it uh, that way is what i feel but you know if it tastes good you got to eat it there's no right or wrong and there's honestly authenticity in indian cooking is so overrated you know there's no authentic there's no one recipe you know in yeah, the words of like purush talal are... <laughs> uh, <laughs> there's no you know you can't say that you know why my mom used to make aloo matar this way so this is the right recipe she invented it you know what bro no it has her style that's all <laughs> that was her style you know yeah. she made she made do with whatever was available back in the day and at that time and she made it that way somebody else does it a different way adds a little bit of kasuri methi maybe correct and even if she tells me the same recipe i would make it some other way absolutely you would probably add a little bit of your microgreens which are dhaniya <laughs> yeah man after all we need to garnish it of course exactly. <laughs> microgreens guys the true msg the true uh, you know uh, but the, but only sorry, a visual coriander. one only yeah. a visual one coriander being the true msg the true microgreen <laughs> Adding yeah. flavor to Indian cuisine since you know beginning of time. Forever, yeah. All right, moving on to our next segment. I here I actually want to talk about charts. Wow. And we all know that Delhi's street food scenes are very much celebrated, and chart does occupy a great majority there. The real umami. Yeah, for Indians. Absolutely. <laughs> But how do you think like Delhi street food became so huge? So I think we'd probably have to like step back in time a little bit and probably think about how it all began and from what I've read, what I've heard, um, and what I think what I feel is that street food was never something that you know. Uh, I mean, there has to be a beginning, you know. It has to correct. Be, uh, there has to be a story behind it. So the one which is the one which is really popular and the one that I have heard from my uh you know folks uh is you know initially um, street food wasn't something that uh, street food was a need which was addressed uh by some intelligent people who uh, felt that you know when people are in a shop you know they are you know when uh, you know they're waiting for uh, their uh, particular uh, say like in a jewelry shop which is a tale actually that you know people would be sitting in a jewelry shop and getting their ring fixed with a uh, you know uh, with something and you know they'll be uh, very uh, anxious they'll be like fidgety and you know 
and uh, they, and they'll be like the, how, how much time kitna time lagega yeah and yeah. uh, so the shopkeeper came up with this indigenous idea of you know serving something <laughs> and what would be the fastest thing that they could serve and somebody that intelligent guy out there came up with the idea of a, uh, something savory something which would keep the taste buds you know uh, you know and keep keep their attention into the food and not uh, look at the uh, the thinking about the clock, weight you yeah know? and uh, that's probably and that is where chart you know that is the history of chart is what i have heard that uh, in jeweler shop jewelry shops jewelers used to serve it to their customers and uh, chart uh, you know of course had uh, uh, we it if you want to dig, dig in more you will have to go to the mughal era when you know why chart came into the existence but you actually preempted the an interesting part that i actually wanted to share which was the history of charts i i it was definitely a an interesting part for me because i didn't know that there would have been such a story behind it and so, so yeah yeah absolutely so chart if you think about it stems uh, so initially uh, you know uh, and i remember we've had a little bit of chat around this that um, delhi water was never you know worth or good enough for drinking correct correct uh, yamuna water uh, wasn't uh, you know good for uh, fit for drinking uh, still isn't uh, and back in the day uh, you know when uh, shah jahan you know uh, came to uh, delhi and he set up his city his advisors were miffed you know they were uh, like why would you you know set up a city and not even ask for advice and uh, especially his hakims uh, you know they they said that the water isn't fit for drinking you're going to definitely die in you know a couple of uh, months because uh, the f- the food won't break down you are going to die of uh, you know waterborne diseases and uh, dysentery and so on uh, so they said that okay uh, i mean the the king said that uh, shah jahan said that you know okay so what should we do now that i have set up my you know uh, kingdom here oh, how can we salvage it how can we uh, get uh, have you know make do so they suggested that we'll have to eat a lot of chiknai which is a lot of oil and okay. in order to uh, you know uh, just if you eat uh, chiknai which is a lot of fat a lot of ghee uh, your system's going to have other challenges in order to break that down or to cut that you would need a lot of spices a lot of whole spices a lot of garam masalas so that is where the relationship i mean that is where probably ayurveda came in um, to you know set up uh, to understand what warm spices could be used with meats uh, because this is primarily uh, meat because uh, uh, shah jahan's uh, uh, i mean mughals uh, primarily relied on mughalia food which was primarily meat and so fat and garam masalas were used in those preparations in order to balance that uh, you know uh, water issue and try to come and obviously make food tastier so ayurveda probably stepped in and uh, to create those balances and at that same time hindus came up with the concept of charts which was nothing but use of spices use of ingredients which would help um, uh, not just satiate your taste buds but also uh, help you um, have that water and make it fit for drinking okay 
uh, because uh, actually from what i read and what i understood was that uh, like you mentioned shah jahan's and uh, the story of shah jahan and yamuna so from uh, my research actually uh, the yamuna story was from 18th century and uh, the shah jahan story is from the 16th century and the plot that, thickens the plot thickens yes and uh, in shah jahan's reign actually there was an outbreak of cholera and that's when the physician suggested a remedy and they actually asked all the khansamas and bawarchis to add and a lot of spices and probably themes as well you know to bring in that uh, medical angle to it as well so yeah I yeah think, yeah i mentioned with physicians yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so i mean I, th- i think the story does kind of uh, tie together if you think about it yes yes it is both the stories actually they are interrelated and i actually thought that they are adding spices to kill the bacteria in both the cases because even in waterborne diseases Uh, which was happening because of the foul water of yamuna right. in that case also they were asking to add spices to their food which included nothing but you know kind of uh, use of uh, it's nothing but using uh, enzymes you know natural enzymes yeah yeah exactly so and who would have thought that chaat would be suggested as a remedy to some disease wow. just think about it <laughs> just imagine they serving charts in uh, hospitals exactly get, you know to make people better i mean wow. but i think i am going i am going to believe the yamuna story more because uh, i feel that by that time we had chilies in delhi um, yes chilies which are essentially not uh, produced in delhi i mean produced yeah. in india uh, but made their way from goa i i believe if i'm not wrong uh, the portuguese brought that and slowly it's made its way into the delhi uh, market and uh, yes and it made its way into the indian cuisine yes and so i think before that uh, we did not have uh, ch- uh, chilies and if you look at the kind of food that came in from uh, you know the turks or the pashtuns was primarily relying on the uh, ingredients that were available there so there again, exactly yeah, yeah. the present day uh, gravies or the uh, you know the food that you uh, which are which is served in restaurants as mogalia food isn't that authentic guys it's, yeah it's hugely know, it's improvised some, it's got some um, uh, punjabi guys palate you know helping you uh, you know uh, make make that mogalia food more palatable for your punjabi taste buds or for your kaya's taste buds <laughs> yeah guys Before we go any further, let me maybe also try to make some money from this podcast and I will catch you on the other side of this advertisement. I think we have already start did we just mention Mughalia food too? Yeah, we did, we did. Yeah, so how can we I not was, talk about Mughalia food if we talk about Delhi, right? That's exactly my next topic and I intentionally kept it at the last so that we can talk at length about it. Yes. but i i think we should really enlighten our listeners here that it's um, not mughlai it's mughalia that's true so uh, i just wanted to know from you that we have already talked about how the evolution of food through ages has happened what exactly changed in mughalia food so i think uh, yeah i mean we kind of briefly touched upon this but uh, delhi being 
uh, one of those places where a lot of uh, you know um, businessmen would come and sell their uh, articles. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of them came from the Middle East. A lot of them came from Afghanistan. You know, different parts of now Pakistan, and they were uh, essentially looking for uh, the taste of you know their land. And uh, since they were living out of a suitcase, they didn't really have a place to cook. uh they prob- uh, you know somebody came up with this indigenous idea of trying to serve such people these businessmen coming from all over um uh, you know india uh, actually but um you know trying to satiate their taste buds and come up you know with an eatery which serves food which is essentially uh, which could uh, you know um, make these uh, gentlemen or ladies feel at home so so yes i i think uh, there was definitely a, a, a lot of use of meat a lot of use of uh, the kind of ingredients which uh, you know uh, the you know Mug- the mughalia food that they were accustomed to but making mm-hmm. do with the ingredients which are available here and making it more maybe attuned to the local taste buds as well so uh, there was no use of tomatoes back in the day i mean uh, I, i you know by uh, the turks or the you know the mughalia mughalia uh, yeah uh, people uh, there was no use of chilies because chilies was never grown uh, chilies weren't ever grown, grown there tomatoes weren't mm-hmm. ever grown there there was uh, there were there were potatoes there were uh, you know there were meats there Even was potatoes actually of- came in later did they okay but yeah yes. it's it, it it's still seen in a lot of gravies uh, you know it, it makes its way in order to make it more you know wholesome in order to make it more filling uh, but yeah i mean making do with whatever uh, ingredients were grown there and you know attuning it to their taste buds so what has changed i think that kind of stumps me but uh, <laughs> definitely not uh, the use of chilies and tomatoes but i think like uh, what i love about mughalia food is that it actually reached its pinnacle during the reign of akbar because before that um, he was a food connoisseur yes yes and before that like babur he wasn't he didn't like indian food at all and he wasn't really a food enthusiast but it started with akbar and he even wrote a book on it after that even shah jahan and jahangir they were like crazy for food they used to fight for mangoes and i think uh, that's the time when uh, food was actually looked upon as i mean looked at from an art perspective exactly you know, like there were khan samas there were people who were respected for their craft and you know so yeah definitely that definitely that, that they, era yes and they you i am sure they must be having uh long meetings to decide as to what needs to be served to the king or uh, what needs to be cooked what new can be done with any particular ingredient because when they came here definitely they were coming across a lot of new ingredients too the royalty in rajasthan still does that you know yeah yeah i i think we'll cover that in rajasthan <laughs> episode so yeah so definitely i mean uh, that was the era where probably uh, you know uh, Uh, since the uh, the moguls were craving for uh, you know their flavors they brought in chefs khansamas who uh, you know knew their uh, cuisine very well so that they do not feel uh, you know um, they do not miss their homes 
and hence uh, you know that was a time when uh, mogalia food flourished in the indian subcontinent as well correct correct and i think even post independence or um, might be around around independence only a lot of restaurants in delhi like moti mahal came into picture where uh, of course we have to talk about mr gujral yes yes <laughs> so i mean yeah man he was the one who came up with butter chicken i just randomly googled it and he was the one who invented dal makhani I, i mean that's the wikipedia saying but i'm sure about butter chicken at least where we uh, we can say that yeah he was the inventor of butter chicken because he was just running a restaurant where he was only serving dal naan and tandoori chicken um, again uh, the family making their way uh, from pakistan after partition uh, if if yeah, i'm not yeah, wrong and correct. Uh, yeah initially serving tandoori chicken uh, and uh, coming up with this indigenous recipe of uh, since refrigeration was something uh, which was very, very expensive and not that common back in the day um uh, mr gujral late mr gujral came up with the idea of using maybe uh, you know some tandoori chicken which was lying around throwing it in a rich sauce and serving it to his customers and voila we have a legend which was born and a and lot the of true face of india absolutely and the recipe which <laughs> the is the true face of indian <laughs> indian food everywhere absolutely i mean the one dish which is actually i mean uh, how would you uh, i mean there are a lot of com- uh, countries which have said that it's uh, it's their invention but who would know who would know yeah butter chicken you mean so chicken tikka masala butter chicken a lot of uh, countries say that it's kind of there uh, a lot of countries in europe would say that you know it's a recipe that they came up with sure so, sure why yeah. not <laughs> yeah. and we'll be we'll be the bigger people and say that you know what you can keep that yeah i think that appropriation was all done by britishers because that is the face of indian indian food everywhere not just outside india but within india too but it's kind of i mean uh, indian cuisine is way more than that and okay. kind of you know even even right now if you go abroad and if if you you know speak to somebody the first thing that they would say is chicken tikka masala i mean that's uh i mean that's not uh, i mean that's not the only thing that we eat right i mean there are so many things indian uh, in india uh, the the dialect the recipes the ingredients everything changes in 50 kilometers so correct and i think that's what we are trying to do here at unlock local absolutely but okay i have a fun question for you one tell me sure. one mogalia dish that you have not tried as yet but and you are also guilty about it uh the mutton stew i haven't tried it i mean i've tried making it at would home it, but would i would you call tried. it mogalia i think that was uh, okay yeah i think <laughs> that's true i mean uh, that's a that's an indian take on uh, the the stew <laughs> the britishers british uh, stew but uh, i i i wouldn't know i mean uh, i can't think of any one particular recipe but i would definitely want to try their kebabs i mean there are, there's like a plethora of kebabs there's like a huge list of kebabs that you know uh, was served served during that era but if i but i can't really zero in on that one place which would be serving that kind of cuisine okay okay i think for me it will be khalia because i have recently come to know Ooh, about yeah. it and i've never had it so uh, you mean khalia i think it's pronounced khalia 
so i've seen like there are arguments they pronounce it both ways kalyas some even even some even say kalya and okay. some say khalya so oh, okay okay not sure again but yeah that kind of stumped me you got me there with the mutton is too yeah the mutton is too <laughs> <laughs> it isn't <laughs> That's what even I was thinking. <laughs> so, I mean, uh, you know, when you said um, uh, Mughalia, the first thing that came into my mind was Kareem's, and Kareem's has this really mean uh, mutton stew, which everybody talks about. That that is their go-to dish, and I've not had it, and I'm so uh, guilty about it. So yeah, that that's where uh, it kind of took me the moment you said that one dish. Okay, <laughs> but post-COVID, I think I'll blame that on the rum that I'm having, man. You should have told me before. I would have also got myself something. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I think my go-to drink these days is whiskey sour. Negroni. Oh. Okay. Yeah, I'm just trying to get the right proportion. A, yeah, it's very difficult to get a whiskey sour, right? Yeah. In fact, a lot of uh, bars, uh, you know, tend to mess it up. A lot of bartenders tend to mess it up. I've heard that uh, not every where they necessarily add eggs. Yeah, they don't uh, uh, add egg white everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what they add. Maybe chane ka pani or something <laughs> <laughs> to get the Just protein. Like, <laughs> to get the protein. <laughs> oh my god, that oh, would be so <laughs> such like a weird vegan. <laughs> like Never become a, a mixologist, Nakul. Please. It's oh, like. I don't know why I said that. <laughs> it's gonna <laughs> ruin my reputation, bro. No man, but yeah, it was Who a fun con. <laughs> yeah, but Nakul, that was really a fun conversation just around Delhi food, Likewise, and yeah. I do. Though I still feel that we have not really covered everything because we haven't touched upon sweets, which is also a big thing Ooh, in Delhi. Yes. Absolutely, yes. But. We might as well do another episode there. We should, and I'll be uh, maybe sober and better prepared. <laughs> no, no, not no. Do, I, you know, not do the uh, mutton is too kind of a foppa. But I think that was one of the high points. <laughs> <laughs> I guess <laughs> you say so. Yeah, thank you so much for coming to Unlock Local and thank sharing you so all your nerdiness for food. That's it for today's episode, guys. Hope you liked it and found it informative. Do drop in any DMs to give your feedbacks or comments on it. Would love to hear all of them. My Instagram handle is at the rate Nupur Porwal. Or to get in touch with Nakul, go follow at the rate K Nakul Rao. He has an amazing Instagram page. See you next week. Bye bye.